Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Well, there's some pretty big news today with regard to uh, UFO whistleblower David Grush and the effort to disclose the truth about the extraterrestrial reality. Uh, Grush recently uh, spoke to a group of about 60 people at a private gathering that was held in New York City. And this gathering was arranged by some unnamed Wall Street bigwig. Uh, Grush told the group, among other things, that uh, the United States has recovered a craft that distorts space and time and is capable of producing one terawatt of energy. Oh, and one terawatt of energy is about a trillion watts. Uh, he also said that the number of people who know the full extent of the UFO phenomenon is limited to about 50 people and that an adversary country is presently considering disclosing the truth about extraterrestrials to get ahead of the United States. Now, the how this uh, we, we learned about this was some anonymous person on Reddit had posted information about this, uh, what he heard Grush say during this meeting. This person was at this meeting. We don't know who this person is. Uh, this person showed up on on reddit left a message uh and then he erased it but luckily somebody had saved the message he actually posted some uh, images too from this meeting so we have that uh and this person was named hv bears 88 and then the person disappeared uh removed it. it was the only post he ever made there's only time this first time reddit user apparently and then he disappeared and somebody else luckily uh posted it i learned this uh, on Twitter, uh, somebody, uh, a user Roswell Incident had posted this, and then uh, UAP James, uh, another Twitter user, posted this. He says, Grush appears to have given a private presentation to 60 people organized by a Wall Street bigwig. Now, let me just stop there for a second. Uh, the fact that uh, you have somebody from Wall Street uh, that's very interested in hearing what Grush has to say and inviting him to a uh, private gathering in New York to talk to 60 people uh, that we'll get into who these people are in a minute. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting. That shows that uh, people with in positions of power, people who have lots of money, Wall Street uh, is interested. They're showing interest in the things that Grush has to say about what he has learned uh, about UFOs and the cover-up. Also, it says here, an adversary country is considering UFO disclosure to get ahead of the United States. The non-human intelligence related to UAP look like the typical gray alien. Well, that's not surprising. But the most, one of the most surprising parts of this was that the U United States has a UFO craft with a diameter of 40 feet. However, once a person goes inside, it appears to be the size of a football field. The craft is able to produce one terawatt of energy. And I never heard the one terawatt of energy uh, claim ever before so uh somebody's <laughs> this is information that the public was not aware of before i do do not believe uh it also says only about 50 people know the full extent of the nature of the ufo phenomenon who are those 50 people is that is that the secret control group could be uh anyway i want to go through some of the things here that grush says uh and what this person said that grush said during this uh private meeting again i think this is as far as i'm concerned this is giant news the fact that you're having people uh from uh, wall street uh having david grush come and speak and, and give them a presentation and also he did this for free uh just so people know out there he's not trying to make a buck off this it says here uh, this is the person that was at this meeting, this uh, anonymous person. He says, I actually went to a private 60-person presentation with David Grush as the speaker. This was mostly all private citizens, as in professors, lawyers, business people, a few scientists, 
retired military, current FBI, and other government agency members. So you have some members of the government who apparently don't know anything about this and want to learn more. Uh, obviously, because I guess uh, not everyone is read in on this. In the end, we were allowed to ask questions. Uh, and what he said was that he was part of an extremely secret program that had figured out how to track and find UAP in our atmosphere and near Earth's orbit. His, he said his op-ed will include much more details regarding this. So I'm assuming some of the things he was talking about will uh, be part of these new uh, revelations that he talked about during this private meeting uh, are going to be included in his upcoming op-ed that a lot of us in the UFO community are waiting to read. Uh, at some point soon, uh, Grush has promised to uh, uh, publish an op-ed where he tells us more. He has apparently received permission uh, from the government to provide more information about what he has learned uh, behind the scenes. Anyway, it says here, it was hosted by a Wall Street bigwig and his lawyer friend. It was sort of a small saloon-style talk. David also did it for free, even went as far as to fly into New York City just for this. He had arrived only a few hours beforehand and then left first thing the next day. The idea was to get a group of both skeptics and believers from all these different walks of life for a talk regarding David and the things he has said. Most of the people that left had left as believers, or at the very least believed that David was not lying and truly believed everything he said. He also mentioned a few other things that I haven't heard him say before, like that he was told about a UAP that was in our position that had a diameter of around 40 feet, but once you went inside, it was the size of a football field. They believed that the object was somehow able to manipulate both space and time. He also said that the object was both using and creating energy that was more than a terawatt when measured, which is absolutely ridiculous amount of power, something along the lines of a trillion watts. Okay, let me just stop there for a second. Now, regarding this uh, spacecraft that was, that was recovered that uh, seems to defy, that seems to have the ability to warp space and time. Now, this was something that uh, the attorney, Daniel Sheehan, who uh, represents whistleblowers, had talked about last year. Last June, there was an article in the Daily Mail. Here's the headline from there. It says, Crashed UFO recovered by the United States military distorted space and time, leaving one investigator nauseous and disoriented when he went in and discovered it was much larger inside than out, attorney for whistleblowers reveals. It says here, Daniel Sheehan says he was told the mind-boggling tale by a whistleblower who allegedly took part in an illegally undisclosed program retrieving crashed non-human spacecraft and who has now briefed Senate Intelligence Committee staff. The lawyer's story is the latest in a series of stunning claims this week of UFOs in the government's hands, which began on Monday with an on-camera interview of former senior Air Force Intelligence Officer David Grush alleging that the United States government possesses multiple crashed non-human craft. So, of course, let me just stop there for a second. Uh, this article, of course, happened last summer. Uh, this one when it was published right when Grush was, you know, going public with uh, what he learned uh, behind the scenes about the cover-up and about extraterrestrials slash non-human intelligence. It says here, the Department of Defense says it has not discovered any verifiable information to support any of the claims. Well, of course, that's... They always say that, don't they? But Sheehan has been helping bring whistleblowers like Grush to Congress in an attempt to expose what he believes is a government cover-up of encounters with extraterrestrials. 
And the article goes on to say that the uh, Sheehan told Daily Mail that one alleged recovery recounted to him by a supposed crash retrieval program insider involved a 30-foot saucer partially embedded in the earth with some fantastical properties. They tried to hook a bulldozer to it to pull it out, and it pulled out a shape like a pie slice, almost like it was part of the way it was constructed, Sheehan said. When it came loose a couple of feet, they stopped immediately. They didn't want to destroy the integrity of the machine. They had a guy go into it. He got in there, and it was as big as a football stadium. It was freaking him out and started making him feel nauseous. He, he was so disoriented because it was so gigantic in size inside it was the size of a football stadium while the outside was only about 30 feet in diameter so i'm not sure if they're you know the, the person who was talking about what grush said grush according to the person who was at that uh gathering in new york said it was 40 feet in diameter she and saying in this article that it was 30 feet in diameter Sheehan said that space was not the only warped dimension around the craft. He staggered back out after being in there a couple of minutes, and outside it was four hours later, he said. There was all kinds of time distortion and space distortion. Uh, physicists have theorized that propulsion of an advanced craft could theoretically involve warping space-time around it to negate the effects of gravity. But Sheehan declined to give further details, including a location and date of the incident, and said he was unable to provide evidence of for the claims so uh, we don't know if that's the same craft that 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 sheen's talking about that grush is talking about i'm assuming that it is uh grush of course met with hints was talking with insiders and that's some of the information has he received so i'm assuming they're talking about the same craft but we've heard this story before these kind of stories people uh who have been abducted have uh, sometimes talk about this they 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 see a craft and it looks pretty small from the outside but they go in it's like gigantic like a warehouse some some of them have claimed so that's uh we've heard those kind of stories before and also uh actually leonard stringfield and, uh, and john lear both of them who are now passed on uh had talked about a story with regards to this that happened back in 1973 uh in ufo crash retrievals status report number five from stringfield he he talks about information he received with regard to a craft that had these kind of uh specifications uh and it, this was information that he had received from john lear uh, he was an aviator and the former mufon director in nevada when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Anyway, it says here, John Lear, MUFON State Director of for Nevada, undaunted in his pursuit of people anywhere to get UFO facts, has extensively 
lectured and made several radio and TV appearances in Las Vegas to tell his story. Let me just stop there for a second. Actually, uh, you could actually see one of those interviews, uh, the TV interviews, when he actually was interviewed by uh, George Knapp on KLAS back in 1987. Uh, And listening to these radio interviews, these were when Lear talked about this, uh, listening to him, uh, was somebody named Mike, uh, the real name withheld on request who surfaced in September, 1988 to tell Lear his firsthand story. And this, of course, again, this is from, uh, UFO crash retrieval status report number five, admittedly troubled by his experience. Mike explained that in 1973, he had been an air force photographer stationed in Hawaii following duty in Vietnam. His prime duty there was processing gun camera film. One day he said he was notified that his security clearance had been upgraded and several weeks later he and another photographer in his unit were flown for a temporary duty assignment to Norton Air Force Base in California. Lear's letter to me November 21st 1988 recounting briefly his interview with Mike is paraphrased as follows. On landing at Norton, Mike and companion were taken by Air Force vehicle with windows blacked out on a two-hour drive. During the drive, Mike was told by the driver, So, you guys are going to photograph the UFO, eh? The vehicle came to a halt on a platform, which was then lowered into a large underground installation. Escorted to a briefing room, they were told that they were to photograph a flying saucer and the autopsy of three dead aliens. Ordered to disrobe, they were issued white smocks and combat boots for security purposes. Mike was then escorted into the installation where he saw a disc-shaped craft about 30 feet in diameter contained in a heavy net suspended from a large crane. Mike was boosted into the opening of the disc. There was no stairs or ramp, according to... according to uh, Lear and Stringfield, and proceeded to crawl inside. He was shocked, he said, to find that the inside looked to be about 10 times the size of the outside. He commented, I could have thrown a football as hard as I could and not hit the other side. Disoriented, Mike poked his head back outside to check the size, which appeared to be about 30 feet in diameter as before. Once inside, he met two persons similarly clothed in white smocks who showed him what they wanted photographed. He shot many photos of control panels and various other fixtures and later was asked to photograph the exterior from different angles and distances. Uh, And then this uh, report goes on to talk about how he uh, took photographs of an autopsy of three different extraterrestrials uh, in a different place, in a different room. So, uh, I don't know, I mean, I, this is hard for me to wrap my head around, but it's amazing the idea to think that these extraterrestrials are so advanced that they figured out how to squeeze in more space inside of an area that has, doesn't have that kind of space. It, I, I, it's hard to imagine, uh, but apparently this is what uh, they're capable of doing. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's hard for me to, to, to wrap my mind around it, but if that's what we have, Wow. Um, imagine the military implications of something like that. I mean, imagine you, you could fit, uh, you know, 20,000 troops inside of a 30 foot by 10 foot diameter, a 20 foot, 30 foot diameter by 12 foot high 
uh, saucer and then have that saucer go into some enemy territory and land in a in a battlefield and all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of uh, 20, 30,000 soldiers running out of a, a, an object that uh, would seem impossible to fit them inside. But that's the uh, some of the military implications of technology like this. It's amazing to even think about how, how is it possible? I can't I can't even it's it's, it's unreal. But we this is not the first time this, this, what what they're talking about here what Grush and also Sheehan are talking about here is something that apparently we have and this was something that has been reported in the past and we have heard stories like this numerous stories like this from alien abductees so this is apparent tech, technology that exists these extraterrestrials have it and uh that's amazing to me that's amazing to me uh so uh it's something to think about it's something to uh uh, I don't know. I don't even know where to where to begin. But the implications of something like that are staggering, staggering. Uh, it's uh, it's beyond belief. But anyway, going back to uh, this article, uh, he says here. Uh, he also mentioned Grush that he had recently been informed that the United States adversary was considering full disclosure to get out ahead of the United States, and that he passed this information along to the United States government. So. Apparently, let's stop there again. Grush has heard from somewhere, from someplace, that maybe another country. Who? Which one? China? Russia? I'm, I'm imagining it would be one of those two countries. They're our biggest uh, rivals, right, uh, out there. So I'm imagining that they're thinking about disclosing the truth about the extraterrestrial slash non-human intelligence presence before the United States does it. And if that happens, whoever does it, let's let's put it this way. This should be, actually, it shouldn't be just one country. It should be all of them all at once when you really think about it. It's going to make all the the rival countries, if the United States comes out with it, it's going to make everybody else look bad. And and you can understand why they're thinking about doing it. So maybe the United States should just, you know, end this because they're going to look terrible. It should Russia uh, make an announcement before the United States uh, makes that announcement. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on with this, he also said uh, <clears throat> that he he also alluded to the retaliation that uh, was taken against him. It sounded pretty terrifying, and he wasn't the only one to be retaliated against. Multiple people involved in not only his investigation, but also his fellow peers in the UAP task force, such as Jay Stratton, were also threatened. He wouldn't go too much into it since it's an open investigation, but these people pretty show, pretty much showed him that they could touch him or his family any time that they wanted. Now, let me just stop there for a second. This is not, That's not surprising at all, of course. That's nothing new we've heard. I mean, that's one, one of the reasons he filed a complaint uh, about this uh, and that he ha- was receiving threats. And so we know we already knew about that part. But uh, some of these other things we didn't know about, is he, like this one, he says, he also mentioned that the United States has taken part in a fair amount of crash retrievals before 1933. So uh, now when he talked last year initially he talked about uh something that came down a ufo that was recovered by in italy uh and was kept by the vatican uh, the vatican back in 1944 1945 toward the end of world war ii united states authorities had received this from the vatican this object and they t- took it back but now he's saying that there was other crashes before 1933 so maybe this cover-up has been going on a lot longer than we originally thought uh, I always, in my head, for some reason, I think a lot of UFO uh, people who are interested in this subject, a lot of us believe that it started in 1947, and we might have to change that ideology 
Uh, maybe it did start earlier. I mean, if the 1933 case is true, if that's if that is uh, authentic, and 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 now there are other ones that happened even before that. Wow, and they've been lying to us for that long. I have trouble believing this, though. I have, you know, I just I have trouble with the. the I, that doesn't make me right, though. It, I just I, I wonder, you know, if you at that time say say they recovered things in the 20s or the early 30s or whenever, and they might not have ever put two and two together and, and, and come to the conclusion that these things are extraterrestrials, that they're coming from someplace else. They may have come to a conclusion that this must be some kind of a trick. I, mean, I would imagine that people of that time just probably couldn't ever accept it. Maybe it wasn't, that. maybe the reality of the situation is, yeah, they recovered these objects, but they never really uh, came up with an opinion on it. Maybe they thought it was some sort of a trick. Uh, and maybe it wasn't until the late 1940s, uh, after the big UFO wave began and the Roswell crash occurred, that uh, scientists finally realized we're dealing with something that's non-human, that's among us, and uh, potentially extraterrestrial. And uh, that, that's maybe when the realization occurred. But, I mean, the story gets more complicated with the more stuff that Grush is, is saying here. I mean... Way more complicated. Anyway, continuing here, it says, also that we wouldn't be surprised about what the NHI looked like, such as they look like the typical gray, and they aren't sure where these beings have come from. Uh, well, that's not surprising. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the... I, now, I have read reports, including in UFO crash retrievals by Leonard Stringfield, where they recovered Nordic-looking creatures. Um, but... Uh, Maybe, maybe what, what Grush has learned, he's saying that they all look like the greys. Uh, and continuing here, he says, there is also a chance that they are extra dimensional, but that could also just seem this way because of the technology they use rather than be that rather than them being actual extra dimensional beings. Uh, that's interesting. That will mean if it turns out that these things are extra dimensional, uh, that means I'm going to have to change my show's title from extraterrestrial reality to extra dimensional beings reality. Uh, interestingly, he has also mentioned how many people know the full scope of the phenomenon to be no more than 50 people, but it wasn't clear whether this meant 50 people currently alive or 50 people ever in history. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's no more than 50 people currently alive. I, I can't imagine that only 50 people in the history of this cover-up were ever uh, totally briefed on the full extent of this UFO phenomenon. I'm imagining that the 50 people he's talking about is probably the comprises, makes up the secret UFO control group. Um, that's, that's my guess. Doesn't make me right, but that's what it might seem like for all. I mean, Hey, Majestic 12, it could have started off like that. I, I believe that there was a Majestic 12 group and over the time that expanded. Now we're up to 50 people. Now it's probably Majestic 50 for all we know. Maybe it's not just United States either. Maybe there's, uh, representatives from some of the, uh, of our, the friendly nations that the United States, uh, uh, part maybe NATO countries and who knows it's probably they probably have their all representatives and they all know about this but they don't know the full extent of it only these 50 people uh, that's what I'm thinking that that's that's probably the complete the complete secret control group 50 people <clears throat> anyway the uh, this continues it says all in all it was an extremely interesting and pretty hopeful for the future of disclosure 
this was after the UAP amendment was shut down and that he believes we will know much more in the near future. I think we're going to know much more too. Let me just stop there. Yes, I do believe we're going to know much more in the near future. I'm starting to feel pretty good about the way things are going right now. You know, I was upset, you know, a lot of us in the UFO community, we were upset when that UAP Disclosure Act uh, got gutted uh, by those uh, puppets for the secret control group. Uh, I mean, just just stating truth here. I know there'll be some people out there that will, yeah, but that's what happened. Uh, so, but but you know what? It doesn't matter. We're still going to trudge forward. We're going to keep pushing forward. You have people like Rush. We got other whistleblowers stepping up to the plate. I've been hearing some things through the grapevine that I can't really talk about. Uh, but we're going to see. We're going to see what happens as time goes on. I can't wait. I want more information. I can't wait to read uh, Rush's op-ed. Hopefully, maybe there'll even be more stuff in there, more fantastic stuff we're going to see. Uh, continuing here, it says, and apparently it was the only private non-government talk that he has done so far. As for how I feel about everything after hearing him speak, he is extremely smart. Smart. I mean, he has an almost unbelievable memory and knowledge about intel laws and other things that have to do with UAP. My opinion is that he is the real deal. Almost everyone left that night with fully believing that he was what, what he was saying, or at the very least, that he believed what he was saying as the truth. So either way you cut it, I believe he is telling the truth as he knows it. Um, yes, very interesting. Of course, I'll leave the links for all of this so you can check this out for yourself. But I think uh, we are most certainly on the right track. Most certainly, most certainly, this is this is fantastic news. This is huge news. We're getting more stuff from David Grush, and we're talking, learning about these spacecraft that they recovered that can warp space and time. That's wow! Imagine, you know, it reminds me of uh, you know there was a movie back in the sixties, nineteen sixty six. Yes, Fantastic Voyage, and in that movie. Uh, they had the scientists had created the uh, the power to miniaturize people, and the, they're using they're going to apply it to mil, you know for uh, to for military uh, reasons. You know you could fit you could fit thousands of soldiers, mi- miniaturize thousands of soldiers, basically put them in a battle uh, bottle cap, and then you know all you know transport them to a battlefield somewhere. And next thing you know, they're they're all grown back into normal size and. Uh, they the enemy didn't even see it coming. They didn't even know where they came from. Uh, that that's that's not what the, the movie was about. It was it, that was mentioned in the movie. That was the purpose behind this miniaturization. But that's what it reminds me of in a way. Except this situation here. I mean, you could make say, for instance, uh, uh, the, a saucer. If you have a saucer uh, that's only thirty feet in diameter and maybe ten, twelve feet high, you could fit as all these people. And if it's the size of a football field in size. Uh, you could fit thousands of people in there potentially, and then, you know, transport that to a, uh, a enemy territory. You know, land it, open the doors, and good night. So it's it's amazing technology. Now I don't think that's how we should be using this technology, but unfortunately, that's probably one of the reasons for the cover up. Uh, this is one of the things they're trying to reverse engineer to figure this out. I mean, most certainly. Uh, <laughs> If you have a craft that can do that, you're going to want to try to duplicate it and you're going to want to keep it secret. Uh, And that's one of the reasons for this cover-up. Like I always said, it has to be most certainly the top reason behind all of this isn't the panic. It's none of that nonsense. It's, It's the reverse engineering. It's the military capabilities of these craft. That's what it's all about. 
And uh, most certainly, it's not just the, the way these things can fly and stop on a dime, travel at 10,000 miles per hour, but if you could make something that is that small but could fit thousands of thousands of people inside of it, wow, look out. You could take over the world like that. You really could. Anyway, uh, I want to say thank you all for joining me. Until next time.